are you? Tired. Exhausted. You got rid of the beard. I shaved everything. I was. It was just too itchy. Just way too itchy. You just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, I go. I think right now because it's winter, my face gets really dry. So then I have to shave off the top layer of skin a few times, and then I'm good to go again. Oh, okay. It's really disgusting. Well, it looks all clean and professional. Because you're not, like, right there. Oh, okay. Well, we won't tell anybody. It's just going to be on the podcast. It's fine. Protect you. Protect the innocent ones from this viewing. (laughs) How are you doing? You getting any more sleep? No. No. Fuck. Yeah. Sorry. have a show this weekend I'm kind of excited about. Where at? It's in Round Rock. It's called a place called the Downtown Hall of Fame. Rick is actually playing, but he uh, said, hey, man, you want to come and come and play a few songs? And I was like, yes, I do. I absolutely do. So been uh, doing that, trying to get this new guitarist I have up to speed. So. Oh, you've got a new guitarist? I've got a new old guitarist. A new old guitarist. New because we just started jamming together probably in, in November. And we kind of click because we both have the same similar six sick humor. So it kind of works. So what are you yeah. drinking? Coffee? Coffee with whiskey? Fireball? I cannot consume any type of depressant. It has to be a stimulant. or I'm, At all times. I'm done for. So I'm excited to play. We had practice with the guitarist on Monday and we're talking more about kind of us playing all the original songs for him Mm -hmm. kind of talking about what I want to do with them. And, you know, the difference between a recorded recording and an actual live performance and how they should not be the same, you know, whereas I have exactly old guitarists in fellow musicians that want everything to be the same as what it is on the record. And I'm like, no, if, (sighs) if somebody wanted to listen to, especially if it's a cover, they're going to stay at home or in the car and listen to it. They're not going to bother to come. Ooh, I know people who would argue with you on some of that. And they can argue with me all they want, but they're (laughs) not going to win because people do not want to go see. Now, if you're, a tribute band, yeah, you need that's, to be. Yeah, that's different. But that's different. my band is no way a tribute band. We're more of a ha, 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 look at us, mess this up band. So there you go. When's your gig exactly? Saturday, Oh, well, this isn't going to air. This isn't going to air before that. Okay. So make sure you send me the link to that so I can share it. Okay. Um, uh, 2022 can suck my non-existent ball sack. Oh, yeah. It's like every other week. It's taking somebody that you don't want it to take since the, the eve before the year. It's been because we also lost Louis Anderson. Oh, he was funny. He yeah. was really funny. And then Sidney Poitier, Bob Saget, Meatloaf, hired uh, Betty White. Betty White. She was an impressive lady and funny as fuck. Yeah, no more death 2022. If we could stop, that'd be great. I think the year that I had the hardest with people dying was the year that Tom Petty died. Oh, that sucked. That year sucked. Don't. It was Glenn so. Glenn Fry, yep. Tom Petty. Yep. I mean. And, oh, that year sucked. And then the, the only time before that was when the year Sam Kinison died. Mm. And I think 
Sam Kinison and a whole bunch of other people died together. Cause I like, I, I, I cried for like two days when Tom Petty died. Like I knew him or something. I don't know what that was, but every time I think about it, I would literally cry. It's weird how musicians have this hold on you. Um, you know, because it's, it's every time they, well, not every time, but David a lot of times Bowie, when they're when doing, Bowie died, I wanted to just, I couldn't, I couldn't. That was sad because couldn't. You, you know that what was happened the same with year this? too. Yeah, but the weird thing is, is he released his album and then he died. He, it, it, it coincided. Good album too. His album release and his death were like the same. But but that's really cool. If you're gonna pass, you know that's how to do it. That's just how you do it. Hey, bitches, I'm out of here. Boom. Here's some new music. <laughs> yeah, I cried. I cried with Bowie too. Oh, man, that but that's a thing. Every year, someone I like is dying. Well, I, I mean, like- as we get older, that's going to happen. But I feel like 2022 kind of started pretty fucked up. Like, it's been someone every week for three weeks, yeah. and I'm done. Well, done. 2022 started in 2021. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> we were like, fuck this. You know, I, I read somewhere that the... We're not going to get to the point of the pandemic being an endemic for two more years. And I was like, you know, I refuse to accept that as a fucking answer. <laughs> well, I guess they say we can make our own reality. So start creating, girl. Well, we got to figure out something because. But yeah, I was thinking before the show today, I was like, I'm going to suck so bad. You are I'm not. So sorry. I was like, I was like writing out apologies. Dear Rennell. <laughs> my apology for totally sucking dicks today no you know what you know what though you did so great the last time like when i was editing the interview i was like you know for being somebody who hasn't slept for pretty much three days he sounded great he did really good you took over the most of the interview and then you told me i didn't cuss that much which was fucking sad because mm-hmm. i so love it i love that, that back up god i love that it. fucking word and it always makes people mad they're like, she cusses a lot for a girl. I'm like, fuck you. Let me give you a fucking raise you two more motherfuckers. <laughs> it was a miracle. That wasn't my daughter's first word. Is it just me or are our intros getting longer and longer? That's okay. I didn't know. I left. I let that one be longer because you'd been gone. Uh, it we was just- like, and in 1835, Brent <laughs> first pimple. Everyone in the room was got sprayed. I, I, there was a there was a method to my madness. I I won't do it again. So, then fine. I was like, my daughter's favorite YouTube creator has these coffee cups, and mm-hmm. one says "cunt," and the C is the handle, oh, yeah. and that's what I want for my birthday. That's coming up. Just yeah. so you know. Well, it doesn't say "cunt" if you have it facing the wrong direction. Though. Well, I. I don't know how they do it, but it. And then there's one that says "fuck." Hello, Ed. Oh, what's up, dude? I'm glad I caught that part of the conversation. We've all got we've all got our Java, dude. Do you have yours? No, I'm drinking a sparkling water. Oh, you are just like too upper scale for us, man. Um, I, I'm I drinking tea. That. Thank you. This time, it'd be a good thing to drink something warm for sure. It's usually wine, so. In the kitchen, there's a cup, and it says I'm totally wearing pants on this video call. Oh, there you go. Nice. But I didn't bring that one to the the interview. But I do I do have to say this one thing because it's going to come up last if we don't if we don't do it. 
I, I don't plan on getting too vulgar or anything like that with you folks, but but you did say you had to get a cup that said cunt on it. I did. My my daughter's favorite YouTube star, I guess I'm doing it wrong, but it's like see you and and I'm like, I really, really want that for my birthday. So I was just dropping hints. Well, it it, it was it kind of went over uh weird, but we did a show last month called the Punk Rock Lottery. Mm-hmm. And if I'm gonna tell you about that, it was it was a blast. It was very uh creative and different but the first song we performed was called critical cunt yes <laughs> and, and i wrote that i, I wrote that so song par- partially at a catholic retreat oh my god uh, so. a catholic retreat were you uh getting divorced at that point in time uh i was definitely already divorced and You're like, still had some bad feelings watch yeah, I, I think I think that writing music can be the best way to yes. process your feelings, especially when you're going through some intense uh, rejection or something of that nature. But yeah, that that song it, it didn't say, it didn't say anything uh, about her. It yeah, I don't know, no, not yeah. at all, just her name. No, we didn't let that out. <laughs> so uh, so what is her name? No, you, oh, <laughs> almost. I'll, I'll leave it out. It's, it's good better. job. Thank you. Thank you. No, I, I, I don't resent her anymore. I should be very grateful. She's around. She's a fantastic mother. So let's just jump in here. Um, sure. I'm ready. So you are with our liberation. So tell me about the band. So it's basically from what I know, it's a three piece. You are on vocals and guitar. You got Rick on bass. You got Daniel on drums. Do you have anyone else in the background? Yeah, that's a good question. What we've done as far as our recordings is I was able to partner with an excellent producer named Kevin Chin, and he's been with me for years. He is with North Shore Media Productions, mm-hmm. and he, he's an awesome soloist. So when, whenever we have a space in our tunes and we need somebody to plug in something creative there, he, he's got the guitar to, to bring it. So I think that in some of the tunes that I sent you, he was definitely on not allowed and fear monster. I think fear monster is there's one that has like a really awesome lead riff. And I was right. like, right. I don't know if that's Ed or not. I don't know if he has the chops to do that. Cause well, I've, you, I've actually you, seen you're you very, yeah, you have with, with and without clothes on. No. Um, I've seen you <laughs> seen you play. Um, I actually saw you at Round Rock Rick Festival, right? And uh, that was so. It was really awesome to see you. And you weren't with your band; you were just out there by yourself. Right. And um, it was awesome to see you because some of the songs you did, I was like, "This dude's peering into my soul. How dare him? <laughs> Let me go take a shower because yeah. I feel dirty." <laughs> No, your your songs are, uh, man, they just shine a light just into the darkest part of your soul. So did you sell your soul to the devil, I guess, is my first question. I, I'm glad you asked. No, I did not. Oh, okay. Good. My, my buddy Aaron Lewis said he did, and I, <laughs> and I, I love his stuff. I saw him last, uh, actually, the year of the pandemic. I was quite excited oh, yeah? about that. Yeah. It's good to was see it him solo? Out. He was doing a solo show, man. Awesome. Uh, acoustic, nice. just acoustic, right? Yeah, yeah. I brought right. the the bass player Rick with me. All right. I wanted I wanted him to come along tonight, but he had another commitment. So ah, oh, that's too bad. That bastard. Tell him we hate him. 
Tell him to <laughs> fuck himself. No, no. I, I was quite upset, yeah. So basically, you're a three-piece when you play live and possibly a four-piece when you're doing your, your recording process. Yes. Do you just play acoustic guitar, electric guitar, and vocals, or are there anything else you do? That's a great question. You know what? I went to college for drums. Really? I spent four and a half years doing percussion performance. So the first thing they did was stick me on the marimba, and I had never touched one before. Are you familiar with this? Well, go ahead and a- explain it for people that don't know. Absolutely. They gave me a scholarship, so I figured I might as well give it a shot. And then, and then as I went- pay for it. Right, right. So I said the, the best way to get through college and not actually do college is, is get a music degree. So the marimba is like a giant xylophone. It's, it's, it's a, oh, little, okay, a, a about. little longer than your, your arm span. So it has a four and a third octave. Some of them have more, some have less. And, and it's uh, very prevalent in Guatemala. And uh, you don't see it in very many orchestras, but, but they have like concertos and solos and stuff you could do on it. You can play flute music or violin music on it. Uh, and then um, you can do like piano accompanying you. And, and I did some competitions there. I actually won a competition in Austin back when I was living in Houston uh, when I was in college, it was uh, the Mu Phi Epsilon fraternity. And I kept, I kept trying to get those guys to drink and they wouldn't do it. <laughs> a fraternity that wouldn't drink? <laughs> I know. They were a professional fraternity. I, I, I don't drink now, but back then I certainly did. We won't hold that against you, man. Thank we're you, just, Brett. We're just sending out a bunch of love to you. You can probably feel it right now. I can. I'm, I'm excited to share with you. So just, just going back to that, uh, getting a percussion degree, they want you to practice on the timpani and, and show up on the snare drum and do all kinds of hand drums and different uh, percussion ensembles. And, and we had a jazz group there. Uh, pl- I even played bass in the jazz group. So, so just, just long story short, the way that applies to today, like I, I've never brought a drummer into the studio with me. I've, I've done all my own drumming on my own tracks. Doesn't that hurt Daniel's feelings though? No, he's not really that attached to it. He's, he's like, I just want a gig, man. He just wants to get paid. Do you like percussion or guitar more? I like guitar more. Mm. And it's really so I can connect with the audience and be in front of people. I just like the flexibility of it. I, I, I don't like to sit when I perform. You could do like a Sheila E thing with the drums. I, like I could. Phil Collins. There, yeah. yeah. There you go. So I was reading up on your band and it said Thank you. the band's goal is to inspire and delight with the blend of melody and philosophy. And I kept reading and it said the band is a cross between the Foo Fighters and Eagles. And I was like, Tool oh. and Seether? Cause because I hear a bunch of Tool and Seether when I listen to y'all. What 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 do you say about that? When I was deciding what I was gonna do with music. Dave Grohl was always one of the biggest inspirations for me. And I think it's probably because I started on the drums and I watched how his career shifted and he just kept being prolific and kept creating his stuff. I've always been most inspired by the Foo Fighters. And then I also had like some classic rock influences. So that's why I said the Eagles. Uh, but, I, but I definitely did want to be as toned down as that. Um, I do love Maynard. I love Tool. Uh, coincidentally, I have a concert on the 4th. Their uh, tool is going to be coming to Houston, so I'll be there. You do things with your voice. Like there are some parts where you're pushing out through the front of your face. Yes. And then there's other parts where you're holding back, kind of like you're 
pulling in a beast and you're singing in the back of your throat, you have an interesting way that you navigate from your chest voice, to your head voice, to the back of your throat, to your face. And I'm wondering how you develop that or do you just let it go? To me, it sounds like based off of what you're saying, you're going, I'm a drummer. I'll get an idea. I'll use how I think the percussion instruments support it. And then I draft the feel based off of that. And then I make my voice fall somewhere in between there. Yeah. I, I think like you said, it, how was it developed? Mm-hmm. It really just came through coming up with an idea and recording it over and over and over again. Like, I don't, I don't know if this would have any interest to your listeners, but when I record, I'll, I'll come to just an audio file on the phone. Right. And I, and I'll play this really rough draft as, as I do these chords and these lyrics. Right. And then, then I may do five or 10 repetitions that day. And then I'll save them under the title 1.1, 1.2, 1.3. And then I'll just leave it. And then the next day I come back to it, maybe like two or three days later, then I'll, then I'll save it 2.1, 2.2, 2.3. That way I know where I'm at and what it is. And, and I may just scrap mm. a lot of that, but like uh, at the end of the day, I can listen to it and listen to it and then say, that was a great idea. I'm doing that again. And that was worthless. I'm not doing that. But it's, I mean, it's usually like, like five, six days, and then we have something we can share. It's worth, worth talking about. So do you start the songwriting process for the band? Or like, are you the sole songwriter at this point? Pre- pretty much. Okay. When we, when we did the punk rock lottery, we had four guys. And within like a week or two, one of them dropped out. So okay. it, it was very interesting because uh, I was like looking to the guys to come up with some material. And they were looking to me and I said, thank God I've done this for so long <laughs> right? because otherwise we, we would be completely lost. And so how, how did, did you get you guys- together? Jinx. Sorry, <laughs> I was going to ask him the exact same thing. No, it's fine. Go ahead. How did it yeah. start? Where did it start from? How did you get the first crew together? It actually started in Houston and I went to a, a weekend seminar called the Landmark Forum. And I won't go into all those details, but it was one of the best uses of my time, one of the best things I've ever done in my life. And uh, I got in there and I like, I saw how some of my relationships were just totally like surface. Uh, we had all these like barriers between us. Does that make sense, Brent? Yeah. Okay. And, and then I just realized that like from that moment on, I wanted to be open, honest, and forgiving. And so I brought that to my relationships, especially with my wife. And the, the coolest thing about it was well, I, the relationship flourished at that moment. But even then, I had no idea I was going to start singing again. And I hadn't sang in front of people in about 14 years and so, uh, so naturally, I, I started to, to write and, and I wanted to do something creative. And so I decided to, to host the Our Liberation concert in Houston. And it wasn't even a band yet. And so uh, without going to all the things that happened with it, uh, we ended up feeding over 100 people, raising over $4,300. We, 
we gave away a bunch of prizes and, and, and t-shirts. Awesome. Oh, it was, it was a thrill. Uh, definitely. I, I will say this, like I was sitting in a church and, and they, they had a prayer up there on their, their bulletin and stuff. And everybody was reciting the prayer and it says something about our liberation. I said, that's it. That's what I want. So, so I, I didn't want the band to be a, a, a church theme, but mm-hmm. I wanted to, to be a freedom theme and a, a self-expression theme that people could take and, and, and use and, and discover something for themselves out of it. So uh, while I was doing that, that festival prep, which happened, I think it was in November of 2015, that's when I started exploring moving to Austin and get, getting people together and starting a band. Let's jump into one of those tracks. I could I could feel that Brent really wanted to talk about this one too. Let's talk about Fear Monster. What's the story behind that song? Um when I was getting divorced, the most troublesome part for me was that I I couldn't get her to talk and express what was going on so we could deal with it. There was like a it, shutdown. There was a shutdown. I, yeah. I would say a, a withdrawing. And um, the first thing I'll say is, is I definitely am responsible and I had a part to play in all this. It is not her fault. Uh, but I, but I did realize like, this is unreconcilable, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so um, I always like the analogy that if, if we're going to argue, right, and one of us puts down the tennis racket, there's no more game to be played. And so um, that's what I, I drew out of, like, hers, her and my discussions and stuff. And so, like, you know, in my life, a thousand things will happen, and I'll write down one or ten of them, and I'll take that one and put it in a song. And so uh, if you listen to it in the, in the beginning, it talks about, uh, poor boy can't calm down, took away his safety with scolding sounds. And that was more like a reflection on how I felt as a boy compared to how my my son was dealing with all this upheaval in his home. And, and he would never remember or say that, but like, that's how I saw it. Like the mirror mm-hmm. of, of me and him, like he wasn't being downright like yelled at or like, cussed or anything like that but just like just told what to do all the time the thing i like about fear is i think you talk about as fear being a monster whereas if you don't manage it it becomes a monster that you can't deal with or it can turn you into a monster because you can't deal with it it has to me it kind of has to do with you know check yourself and constantly look at what you're doing and, and questioning it and seeing if, is it valid in the real world or is this something emotional based off of some trauma you've experienced in the past kind of, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of, I took it. And one of my favorite lines is your fear makes mon- makes a monster out of you. And you're, you're talking a lot about that to where, and I was thinking, okay, if you're afraid, you're going to always be reacting to things. And so, because you're in reactionary mode, you may strike before you need to. You may strike before you need to listen. You may be unable to listen because you're dealing with that stuff. And that's kind of some of the stuff I got out of that. 
Um, one of the other things I found Thank out you. really cool was your outro, the change in the music at the end. Yeah. So, see, you're going to laugh when I say this, but you know the song Bad Guy by Billie Eilish? It's a great song. I don't. Okay, you need to go really listen good. to it. Because I was listening to her, because in her song, she has it going one way, and then at the end, she totally changes it up. Uh-huh. Like, it's like a, almost a total separate song. And she goes, and someone was, talk, uh, someone was talking to her and go, well, why did you do it this way? And she's like, well... I wanted to have the same song, but I wanted to have it totally shift to another place and be, be related, but a new creation at the same time. So my question is transitioning to that outro. Uh What was the inspiration to create that? Did the outro come first? Was the outro just like, Oh, we could do this. Or where did that come about? Why did that come about? I think it was, two things because uh, always when I would work, right, I'd come up with the, with the chords and the lyrics and then put them together. And then, then once I had a, a good sense of where the song was, it was pretty solid. Then I turn over producer and then the producer would help me kind of shuffle things around or like clean it up or shorten it. What, you know how it goes and you got to edit and cut all that stuff. And so um, the outro was inspired by a song by Chevelle and I was playing with their rhythms and, oh, yeah. and, and some chords <clears throat> that I came up with. And, and, uh, and I remember very distinctly, like I was already divorced. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was going to my kid's house. I'd already moved out going there a lot. And, and I was playing guitar on the floor while the kids were getting ready for bed. And, and I was playing that, that chord progression, that outro over and over again. And then, and then all of a sudden I just paused and the kids were dancing to it. And then they looked at me like something had gone awry. And I said, that's what I got to do in that song.
Well, the funny thing is, is words can carry melody or they can carry a rhythm to them too. And sometimes the rhythm of words and the flow of the words are really cool. And I think that's what you do a lot of. You have specific rhythms that you associate with certain words. Uh, that's what I hear in your songs anyway, because you, you do not use like normal words all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a, I have a major in psychology, minor in sociology. So oh, that's awesome. Thank you so, for telling me that. So when I write, so when I write, sometimes that stuff will creep in. And so it's just funny. And I bet, I bet you have a lot of that doing it too. Well, yeah. Uh, since you mentioned your degrees, uh, when I went to college, I, I got a minor in theology and philosophy because oh, I was wow. trying to, I was trying to go after being a Catholic priest. Well, evidently I did not. <laughs> Obvious. However, you say fuck way too much, dude. <laughs> and your songs. <laughs> we share our favorite word, don't we? <laughs> no, no, that's that's not my favorite word. Now, I, I I gotta say this just just for fun. And what is like your said, favorite word? My favorite word? Oh, yeah, you can't gloss past that. I think it changes, but the latest one is debacle. And I sent you guys that when I just wrote a song called Debacle. You did. Finished up, I think. This <laughs> well, you month. sent us lyrics. You didn't send us the music. I didn't really have a good copy. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but we are looking forward to hearing the new stuff. When, it, oh, yes. when, it, when are you going to get in the studio and start releasing that stuff? That is a great question. I'd love to get, get in there uh, as of March and get going again. When are you looking to be done with it? Oh, <laughs> I I, I, th- I think we're far enough along that, that I could be done with it in like a month and a half. Really? Are you going to do all the drum parts or are you going to break Daniel's heart? <laughs> I, I probably would do the drum parts again. What's the difference between Ed, the drummer, and Ed, the singer, guitarist? Uh, so let me give you an example. So for example, when I'm Brent, the songwriter, I'm just writing a song. Um, so it's, it's very, there's no ego associated with it. There's just trying to produce something of quality that's worth listening to either by providing irony or humor. So that's kind of my thing when I'm a songwriter, but when I'm a performer or I'm uncle Brent, the, uh, performer then my point is is it's still i want to entertain people but i'm approaching them more as a hey let's hang out let's talk let's spend some time together let's drop the weight of the world at the door and come in here and have a good time have a few drinks what's the difference between your hats over the years i've had the drums become more of like a support or a little background to the songwriting. Like my motivation, my drive has been to share something unique and to say something that like, I need to get out or like you said, can touch people or you said like, like it reaches into your soul. I still remember when I was in college, finishing my last semester, I wrote a book and I don't even remember what it was called, but I did share it with a handful of people. And, and one of my dear friends at the time, he said, it's like a window into the soul and the mind. And I went, that's far out, man. And so that's what I want uh, through the expression of, of the words and, and the song uh, writing. But he says, so what, what's it like? What's the, what's the persona like? The drums are like 
like you said, the the support, the foundation, the backing to the message, to the words. Um, the the words are just like I don't know how to say it, but I, I have to come up with like dozens of pages to pull out one song. I, I I don't do it like I used to do, where I just sit down and write a bunch of poetry, and then I say that's that's it, man. It's it takes a whole hell of a lot of drafts. And with this song debacle, I was talking about like that stuff. Like I had pulled that out of a book that started at the beginning of the pandemic, you know? And so then it became a song less than two years later, but darn, if I didn't have to dig to find some of the ideas and, and to make them more relevant to today's uh, feelings and, and what I'm up to, you know? Who were you most um, influenced by musically? Uh, well, definitely started with Kurt Cobain and Nirvana and then and then followed up with Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. I, I, I felt like he he was kind of reborn from that that dismal disappointment and that loss in his life. And Soundgarden and Chris Cornell mm. really spoke to me when I was a boy and and a teenager and stuff. I remember like super unknown, just those words and that that sadness and that like really resonated with me. And and then like I followed his whole career. And then just just reading about it and, and hearing about like the death of people like like Jim Morrison and 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 uh, Scott uh, Whalen mm-hmm. and Chris Cornell like sometimes being a musician can be a real like lonely upsetting depressing life I mean, it doesn't have to be so let's let's move on to another song we see. <laughs> This is how I end up editing for two and a half, three hours, but that, that two and a half, three hours rolls into like seven. Oh, um, she's I am not drinking when I edit. <laughs> I drink when I interview and I'm not today because my body wouldn't allow it. Let's talk about, although that was a fair statement, Brent, I'm not mad. Let's talk about not allowed. <laughs> Look, I know who I am. Sure. <laughs> hey, I love that song. That's yes. I heard you do that one live, oh, and that is it. my favorite song by you at this point in time. And I heard it, heard you, you do it live, and Thank I was you. that was the one where I was like, "Why is he talking about me? Why is he making me uncomfortable? How dare him? I'm gonna have to clap a little louder now." But anyway, Sweet so man. tell what us exactly? about that song. What exactly about that song made you feel that way, Brent? I'd love to know. He he's I've been in uh many relationships that did not work. This one this one right now with my wife has been wonderful. It's it's very it's very different than any other relationship I've been in. Maybe it's because it, I'm it actually actually twelve now, um emotionally, which helps. Um congratulations. Thank you. On sir. being twelve, yeah. <laughs> On making it. Well, <laughs> you're, you're, getting, it. you're getting there. Eventually, you'll graduate. Uh, um, right. So, so when you were talking about, you were talking about, there are so many things that you said in that song that I was just like, basically, one person in that, especially in the beginning, is considered to be useless by the other party. Yes. And if you're that one in a relationship that it doesn't matter what you do. You're just a paycheck. You're uh, other than what you can give them. There's nothing worthwhile in you. And as soon as you fail to bring in income or you fail to do exactly what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, 
you're useless. And, yeah. and so that's what the first part of that song is about. I've gotten over that stuff, but I still remember what that felt like when I was going through it. Yeah, but, I wanted the song to be more like of redemption and, and coming back and forgiveness. Uh, I just wanted it to be like as, as ugly as it could and then, then transform it into what like I want love to be in the world. And so like, I guess just, I don't know if you have kids, but like just the, when you look at your children, you realize like there's nothing that they could do or say that you'd ever stop loving them and just being totally pure and, and whole in that love. I am loyal and devoted to your name. 
When you say producers, were they actual producers or was one like more of a co-songwriter or explain that part of it? Um, well, I actually hired a drummer uh, named Swift. I don't remember his, I have to look up his, his real name, but he, he actually had a home studio too. Mm-hmm. And he, he recorded people. And um, I didn't think that like we, we could put out the final product with him, but he was able to like bring out of me some of the material that like we needed to enhance the song. And so I think I spent a couple hours with him, but, but like, just, just that feedback, man, it's, it's so important. I, I like if, if I could tell your people like that are listening, like a couple things, like definitely like have some income, you know, don't, don't go be a musician and try to like make a living, at least not at first. And, and, uh, and also like pay good people to work with you. Cause if you, if you go find some students like I tried to do and, and try to record with them, you're probably not even going to get a copy of the music. <laughs> <laughs> and it definitely won't, it definitely won't be your best work. You know what I'm saying? If, if it comes out at all. So, uh, you know, pay, pay for what you get and, and be willing to, to pay for it and, and be willing to save for it. Cause it'll take time. I mean, we, we get so damn excited about our music and we want, we want to just do it right away and, and, and do it at any cost, but that's not always practical, you know, like at least for me, like, I don't like a lot of input. I don't like people telling me what to do. And, and like, that's not real life. I mean, you have to allow yourself to be told what to do, at least in some arenas to be the best you can be. Mm-hmm. And so, like I was telling you about that song, like, thank God I had those two people because uh, it wouldn't be what it is without them. So that's what your that. So would you say that's your advice to people wanting to to kids coming up wanting to do music? We we can do it now. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. so def, definitely um, stay inspired. You know, listen to your heroes. Want, uh, uh, go after them. You know, uh, follow them. Do what they're doing. But but like you said, uh, have good counsel. Ha- have somebody in your corner that's gonna like say, look, man. This is, this is great that you're like creative and that you're unadulterated and you're going for it, but you also have to be intelligent and you have to eat. You have to have a place to live. You know, like the, these things are not, uh, at least for me, not natural thoughts. Like I, I, yeah. I just like go, I just go do shit. And, and you <laughs> have, you have, uh, like, uh, I, I wrote in my, in my book, I wrote, uh, rain in life, rain you in. Cause, uh, like, I just want to, I just want to go. I just want to do it. And we need people to like say, whoa, 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 not, not yet. Or, or whoa, 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 that doesn't sound good. Or, or we need to edit your ass. Cause uh, that's not going to make the final cut. Yeah. You know what? Initially, isn't that the hardest thing to hear when you first start writing? Cause you know, there's stuff wrong with what you're doing. It's just so hard to hear in the beginning, but it's important. To, to hear the hear the feedback that you don't want to hear the constructive feedback some people are uh, give you feedback just to be mean where oh. can we find you if we yeah. want to find you on the intranet intranet in, or internet <laughs> intranet. yeah 
Yeah, if, 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 if you want to talk to me, uh, it's probably easier to Facebook message me, to be honest with you. Uh, and, and my name is, is like the only name on there. So it's Edward Runke or Edward Vincent Runke, I think. Do you have a band page? Um, the, the easiest way to find me there is on Reverb Nation okay. or, or on um, SoundCloud. Under okay. our, our liberation, O U R liberation. So you ready to do the uh, the end of the show? Yes. Are you sure? Because you don't sound like you're ready to end this. You sound like you just want to fall asleep on at the end of it. You know, you guys were talking about Tool, and now all I want to listen to is Tool. <laughs> I don't know why, but I can't shut it off my brain. Schism is totally like the chorus is just playing yeah. over and over. And it's getting to like where I can't remember the words. And then it's just like starting over. Yeah. He's I hate that. He's a fun guy to talk to. And he's he is fun. He is like super, super passionate. Very much. I mean, I was like, and when I listen to his music, I have to like, take vitamins before and because he gets you in the feels, does he? Well, that one song definitely. Ooh, for sure. Does. Yeah. I can his, see why his, his other stuff um, is just, it just has, I don't, I don't know how he puts that bottles, that emotion and puts it all into that with his vocal. I, I can't do that. I get, I get tired. So I just, I guess I just flake out or something when I'm you doing like, my stuff. Did you just openly admit to everybody that like you could, but you're not going to because it makes you tired? Uh, no, I start out, <laughs> I start out tired. I start out that tired. It takes too much energy, so I'm not going to do it. No, I just, I don't know how to muster up that much excitement. I'm sorry. I, mean, I think that's why I'm so deadpan. I think I, think I got I just couldn't. I was like, wait, okay, okay. I think that's why I'm so deadpan. I'm just tired. It's, that's what it is. It's not even sarcasm half the time. It's just, it's just exhaustion. Fatigue. <laughs> you should write a song called Fatigue. It's not deadpan. <laughs> it's fatigue. Don't don't mistake exhaustion for sarcasm. It's it's not dry humor. It's exhaustion. <laughs> You have to do it now. I know you're waiting for the punchline, <laughs> but I have to take a nap. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you're waiting for the punchline. I'm waiting for this baby to sleep. Like, <laughs> you're not the same. So, you know what I really hope is <sighs> coming from all this work we're doing? I hope people are following on our social medias and listening it and giving us likes and subscribing and doing all those things. Cause I know some people think, you know, what's, what's it going to do if I just like them or subscribe them? And know, you know, Brent, what will it do? But no, what it, what it does is it helps give us more streams it on does. the different platforms. And then that pushes us our, our words and our nonsense into other areas that they would not reach, which then can help us make this podcast more viable. And we can reach out and help other people. And so when you like or subscribe or even say something nasty, we can use Please that. Please don't say something nasty. Okay. Tell you what, just send your nastiness to me. I will no, deal with it. Brent, Brent can feel <laughs> all your hate. I, I, I'm, I'm too sensitive. 
I can, and I'll probably say, please take your place at the end of the line. Your number is 2468. <laughs> Who do we appreciate? <laughs> because there is a long line. Um, but so I know, I know people wonder, like, what does it, what does it matter? And it, makes and it a really, big difference, actually. It helps out with our credibility. Um, Rennell's trying to get sponsors because it does cost money to, and time. And she's not getting any younger folks. So we need to be thinking about her uh, place at the nursing home. She needs to start saving up now. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But no, really, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of work. And, you know, you listen to us from anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour. And and she's putting in some tough work. So you, you doing those things, hitting the like button. Subscribing, let her know that you care. And you could even just say, you know, I don't care. But just let her know that you're there. Poker. Oh. Yeah, you don't know what to do with that, do you? No. I just laid that right out there for you. And it was like so easy that I'm not even going to touch it. Oh, well, that's what I feel like I have to do sometimes. I just have to put it out there and see. See who hits wow. it. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God! Uh, make sure that uh, you cl- click the links below. Also for the musician that was on the show today, uh, let them know you heard about us here. Uh, don't forget our Patreon. The link is below for that as well. And uh, I think that's hey, it. we are also we're also going to be uh, giving away some cool stuff, some cool Uncle Brent gear or not gear. Or merchandise, oh, yeah. yeah I need to send it to you. You need to send me stickers, but you know, so you know, let us know if you want any of that stuff. You know, send us a message, say hey, put a little comment. I want a sticker, and then we'll say, see yeah, it. say Uncle Ronell, okay. I want to, I want a sticker, okay. and we'll we'll see what we can do to get it over to you. All right, everybody, Brent's gonna go get some sleep. No, I'm not. What are you talking about? That's You're crazy. You're gonna go nonsense. try to get. You're at least gonna try. I'm not even going to try. I don't even try to sleep anymore. I just how much sleep have you had in the last 24 hours? I've been really lucky in the last 24 hours. My wife has allowed me to to engineered the ability for me to get five hours sleep. And so basically, (gasps) wow, what what I've told her is, look, awesome. Look, if I fall asleep, it doesn't matter where I'm at. If I'm in the middle, if if I'm in the threshold between the living room. In the kitchen. Just let me lay there. Just let me lay there. Because if you wake me up, I'm up. I'm up again for the next 12 hours. And so she's like, she did it. I want Julia to start taking secret pictures of Brent just falling the fuck asleep in random places. And then send it to me and I'll make like a video. A montage. (laughs) A montage for the fun. I'm serious. Her whole, for me, just for fun, for, you know, downloads. Every time you fall asleep, like leaning on the kitchen counter, I want to make sure and then I'll just compile it for her. And then she can be like, oh, you. you." So every time you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Or I gained that baby weight, too. She can be like, let me just throw on the fucking montage. Oh, man. I uh, let me do it because that would be so much fun. And in the background, I'll put in, I'll put like Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of an angel. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Oh damn, that's funny. I think the other does your significant other need sleep? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man, you're twisted. <laughs> That'd be so much fun. <laughs> she would probably do that too. She probably is. No telling what she's doing when I'm not watching. She's like, I showed that bastard. <laughs> click, click, click. It'd be so much fun. So on that note, he's going to bed, and y'all get out there and make some noise. Woo!